Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Today's episode is on the two-headed monster of fear and anger. Joining me in the studio is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric. And everyone in listening. How'd you like that title? Sounds like it could be a really good title for a really cheesy drive-in movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought about that, uh, the fear and anger thing, uh, Jeff, primarily based on some uh, truly, it's not, there's not enough science around it, but just anecdotal, I guess, that I'm seeing in some of the work that we're doing. And um, the first one being fear, and, and we've heard this a lot, we're living in an age where people are carrying a lot of anxiety and they're, they're, they're looking at a a world that's rapidly changing faster than I mean this last two and a half going on three years has been you know mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine most would say historical and its speed and delivery right mm -hmm. um in one of the assessments that we use we have what we call data sheets that allow us to kind of look at how the test was taken. We're looking for norms. We're looking to make sure that it was taken in a way that we can trust and be that the data is reliable. There's also an area there where it talks about mood current. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how much I see fear. Right. And I want to be very straightforward uh, for our audience. There's nothing wrong with that. It is valid because all emotions have val validity. It's giving you information. It's, yeah. It's data. It's giving us information. Anger came from a different uh, conversation with a pretty high up executive who was talking about the rapid changes of leadership inside of this organization. And that this last go around has just left many, many people just, he described it as walking around angry. And I got, I got to thinking, you know, this, these two emotions, and I want to talk about them as they are an ally of ours, mm -hmm. right? I mean, exactly. This, yeah, they're, they're there for a reason. Right. Again. And I almost, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, maybe I shouldn't have said the two-headed monster because in many ways it's our two-headed friend, our two-headed ally. I mean, if we want to say it that way, um, but let's face it, the manifestation of it in the current world in which we live is typically it's not pretty. It's usually a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard this from uh, 
just yesterday, um, biochemist. And he talks. He was talking about what happens when we encounter the emotion of anger, that it triggers adrenaline, mm-hmm. which makes it really, really, really hard if you don't pause to go to the executive function. <laughs> it kicks you right back to the limbic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to that lizard brain. Am I getting that right, Jeff? You're getting it exactly right. All right. So having said all of that, and I'm going to tackle fear for a minute. And maybe in some ways it's easy for me to say this because I have done so much work on that one. And I I have, I I mean, and trust me, if you could look at my life story, you could see, wow, (laughs) you, uh, we didn't think you'd make it. Um, But there is something to be said about when I talk about fear being um, an ally. So Jeff, if somebody out there is thinking, hold on a second, how can fear be my ally? What fear is... It's information telling you there is something there that can harm you, interact with you, uh, change things that you're not aware of yet. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it is really obvious. If you're walking through the woods and you see a bear, you're going to get afraid. Right. Okay, that's one way fear is our ally. But if you're afraid of something. You 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 have this feeling of there's something wrong here. There's something going on that I'm not going to like the outcome of right. What this and is. you you said something there about the the this idea of not known yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a powerful one because I think about that in terms of like within side of the medical realm and health. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you get a blood test. And the blood test flags one of the readings, or uh, if I can say it that way, as being out of norm or low or high. You, if you're not, I mean, you could, if you react to that, you could go, this could be it. This could be, this could be really bad, right? Is that? And, and especially now, uh, I can get a blood I just had to have some blood work done. Yeah. Everything was fine, luckily, but I got the results almost before I got home. Yeah. And if something would have been, you know, off kilter, mm-hmm. okay, what what is going on here? I and mean, it could be totally and completely benign and not matter, right. but I'm going to go, am I going to die? And, you know. Okay, well, let's let's stay with that for a moment. Let's just uh, I'll 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 create the story around. Let's say something in the blood work was flagged as high, mm-hmm. as in many people out there. At least in our world, I think it's my chart is That's is the, the one is that, the app or yeah. or whatever. And you get the report that says that particular blood test flagged high, and you usually get the report. Before the doctor has a chance to look at it, that's and a talk very good. You. Yes, that's a very good um, qualifier, right? So you're out there, kind of, you've got the information. There's a fear that comes to you that's triggered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously two paths you go, right? You can react to the fear, which typically means the fear has arrived, and you just, oh my gosh, or 
and, I, and we can come back to okay. each of each of these. Or the second one is you're practicing those competencies we've talked about so many times on the show. Okay, I'm going to give it that six second, the six second challenge, mm -hmm. and I'm going to pause. I'm going to let those chemicals, hormones, and peptides calm down so that my prefrontal, my executive function can take over. Let's start there, and then we'll work back to the, to the first scenario of reaction. So in that six-second pause, the prefrontal catches up. Does it say things like, Jeff, you have not talked to the doctor yet, so before you go down a path of the foreboding, let's wait until you have a chance to talk to her. Is that one form of where we, yeah. we're, we're responding to the emotion in a in a healthy way? You know, you're you're making me refer back to the last episode where we talked about don't borrowing trouble. Don't, don't, don't borrow trouble. Don't yeah. borrow trouble. Okay, yeah. I, I I'm not a medical professional. Right. Okay. I I just see that this is high, but mm. okay. I don't know right. what the you know. What's causing it? We don't know what's causing right. it. We don't know what the the consequences of that is. So, okay, I'm just going to keep myself calm until I I communicate with my doctor. Mm -hmm. And that that is exactly you know using that six seconds, letting your thinking part of your brain take back over. Yep. Instead of causing you a lot of problems. Was there anything wrong with me feeling fear about that blood work, that blood test? No, I think. It's a totally natural response mm -hmm. to something like that. You know, if you're concerned about your health, you will feel fear that something is wrong. But once again, we've talked about this before. It's what you do with that emotion. Right, right, right. So um, I'm going I'm to come back to the healthy practice in a moment. Let's go back to the original or, or to the first, first version or first outcome which is react. First thing that any person in the in the United States is probably going to do in a lot of countries is they're going to get their phone out and they're going to pull up Google and they're going to just type in what happens when your blank is too high. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get in 0.07 seconds 300,000 responses. Responses. Yeah. Including videos and pictures mm -hmm. right. and everything else. Right. Not realizing probably because again your logic brain your 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 executive part of your brain has not caught up so now you've got a, a kind of a loop going so you're looking at this and you you since you don't have the logic piece you don't realize that the Mayo Clinic has to list every single possible thing it could be from cancer to uh, you know you know. I'm sorry, I'm losing my train here. You know, this idea, cancer, amputation, nerve problems. Uh, two months to live. Two months typical lifespan. I mean, all, <laughs> all these different things, which in fairness to the Mayo Clinic, I mean, kind of, they got to put it in there because it is a potential that it could happen. Mm -hmm. But there's not, your, your logic brain isn't there. You're, you're going to see, oh my gosh, cancer. So, and you mentioned going back to the last episode, this perpetuation. One thing perpetuates another, mm -hmm. and it keeps this thing going. Until you end up having a stroke because of... <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So you've reacted. Um, and, you know, we laugh a little bit about it here, Jeff. 
What about the person that says, okay, I get it, Eric. I get it, Jeff. I want to get out of that loop. What do I do? Pay attention to your patterns. This is what I do when I get that kind of news. Okay. Okay. It's going to be really hard at first to let's wait until I talk to the doctor. Okay. All right. So we're giving suggestions here, everyone. And um, we're going to come into the idea about practice in a second. Okay. All right. The one part I want to stay on with reaction, um, you mentioned Google and researching and, mm-hmm. and getting all the different, um, you know, responses or hits or, you know, that come from that search. It also could have impact on those you love because, Jeff, you might call your wife, you might call your son, your daughter, your mm-hmm. best friend, your business partner, and you're in a react mode. You're, you're reacting, I just got this news and... <sighs> okay, so yeah. when I hear that from you, I get concerned. Mm-hmm. So now your perpetuation has filtered over into my world. Now, I might have a lot of empathy for you because I care about you and I love you, but I could also be that person that does the mental eye roll. Here he goes. Mm-hmm. Been here before. Oh my gosh, got to talk him off the ledge again. I'm so sick of doing this. So you're it's like that spiral, right? That mm-hmm. loop is leading to that spiral. So and we've just given two examples of reaction. Go to Google to try to figure it out or to get some information or I'm going to reach out to someone and express blah cuz I'm in the react, mm-hmm. right? So this is just two things around fear, react, respond, react in the moment, give it six seconds, catch up. Let's go to practice. Okay. Practice for me implies, and I'm not speaking to the practice of, okay, we're practicing on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights for the gig that's going to be on Saturday. I'm talking about the practice of when I get up in the morning, I have a practice of lifting weights and strength training. I have a practice of eating a certain set of foods for my breakfast. That's a practice. That's what I'm speaking mm-hmm. of. So I apply it the same way with our emotional intelligence, making it a practice. It does not happen overnight. We know this. Just because you heard the podcast doesn't mean automatically in the next hour you will do it because more than likely you will not. You will fail in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You will you will misstep. You will make mistakes. And please, everyone, understand out there, I am an example of living that out. I had all the great intentions, and I had all, I want to do this. This is going to be good for me. And I fail, and I got up, and I fell, and I get up. I fail, I get up. You know, it's almost the better analogy is like being in the boxing ring. You know, you're in the ring, and you get hit with a cross a right cross, and you're on your back looking up. How in the world did I miss that? There's a temptation to go, I don't want to get up. I just want him to count me out. Mm-hmm. But a practice, the commitment is I'm going to get up. And I'm going to, okay, okay, next time, watch out for the right cross. Right. Oh, got me with a hook. I'm back on my knee now. All this dynamic. So, Jeff, how do we develop a practice so that when – not if, when there's a blood test, when there's a, a test result, whatever it may be, 
we're going to have a better chance of moving to response that process rather than their react process. You know, I think a good practice for this would be to do the six second pause Mm -hmm. before you even look at the blood test. Okay. So when you get the alert that the test results are in, Mm -hmm. that's when you. Yeah. Okay. Before I look at this, I'm going to take that deep breath. I'm going to go into this understanding that, um, we talked about my chart. It doesn't tell you in the alert what's in there. Yeah, what's in there. Yeah. So you go in with the idea of I don't know what's in there. So I'm yeah. going to go about it calmly. Yeah. And just just kind of um well practice it. Yeah. Think about it. Okay. Yeah. If it's all good, then I'm fine. If there is a problem, go through the process. Okay, I'm not a medical professor or a pro- professional. I need to wait until I communicate with my doctor. Yeah. Before I start responding or reacting. And that's yes. that's hard to do. Absolutely it is. And let's face it, Jeff, I mean, there there I'm I would imagine there could be those out there that might say, but what if it is cancer? And what if it is terminal? And what if I only have 6 months to live? I would say if that's the the pathway of of what's going to come out of this particular test, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And I'm sorry. I know this may sound a little callous, but I think most of the people that are listening to our podcast are adults. Maybe we have to act like an adult. Think about, okay, it is it is cancer. Mm-hmm or there's a possibility of it, what benefit is it going to be for me to get my uh, close people all worked up right now? Right. Before I know all the facts. Right. Okay, it, it's cancer, and they think it's going to have six months to live. But the doctor, you know, that's what you Google, and you find that. Mm-hmm. But the doctor has something that didn't show up in the Google search that might right and and optimism is a tremendous thing here i'm kind of coming at it also from the angle of jeff there's one thing that's for sure about life we're going to die mm-hmm. I, and that is an equal op if you want equality and that's it you know every single person is going to die my point within that is our approach in that process demands, I believe, as adults that we go, well, of course it could lead to that. But I'm sorry, you don't need to jump to that conclusion because you got a high or a low or a flag on a test result. What you're talking about is in the moment, don't cause family, friends, and close reason for alarm. Let them have the moments of today. Mm -hmm. You should have the moments of today, even if, yes, six months from now. But you know what? In the next hour, my heart could stop beating. That's a possibility. It's a very real possibility. And one of the most liberating things I ever heard was in a talk 
where this researcher said, there, it is proven there are cancer cells in every single human being's body. Every single human being alive on the planet today has some form of cancer cells in their body. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh. Now, at the time when I heard it, it, it did strike a bit of fear in me. But as I listened to his talk, it was just like, this is the course of nature. This is just how it is. So I'm thinking to myself, well, man, maybe I don't need to be walking around like any moment could be my last. It's like, hey, because he was explaining, you know, you have an immune system. And more often than not, your immune system, if and this is where it got really powerful about how we support our immune system, which certainly could be another episode of our podcast. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you go on and you live. You do the best you can. And it just, it was like this calm that came. And I think that kind of goes to this. When we allow that executive function, the thinking part of our brain to catch up, we can begin to go, oh, well, wait a minute. Let me talk to the doctor first. I don't know what this means. I'm not a doctor. And Google is not a trustworthy source for me to get this information. There's no reason for me to call Eric. There's no reason for me to call Jeff and talk about how I think the end of the world is imminent when I know. Wait a minute. Hold on. Slow down. All of that. You know, it's it's. I think we have a tendency when we're we're talking about like with the medical thing we have a tendency when we look at like google or wikipedia or whatever we have a tendency to grab a hold of worst case scenario sure absolutely because that has the most impact yeah and just like you were saying before so okay worst case scenario is okay when you're diagnosed you have okay two months to live but you read down 90 percent of the people respond to treatment right (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it's all that all that data that comes after that foreboding because you stop there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so within that practice, um, I think there's also something very important. And what did the fear also? What other data points could we get from that emotion of fear? Mm-hmm. Fear can could give you some information. Um, you mentioned the executive. Mm-hmm. Those people could be feeling, not realizing that they're actually afraid because they haven't really explored that emotion. They're afraid yeah. of what's happening in their workplace. Yeah. That they're, uh, they're feeling this emotion, but they don't know what's causing it. So you sit down, why am I afraid? And, okay, it's not medical. I know that. Uh, oh, Am I going to have a job Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are they going to make mm-hmm. me move to Omaha? Or, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these things that these changes in your organization. So maybe as you peel back or away, mm-hmm. you're also finding, well, wait a minute. Um, you know what? I have not been sleeping probably for the last six months because I keep wondering whether or not we're going to end up being sold. There's going to be a reorg. And am I going to have a job? So what started as initially, and this is the value of exploring what the emotion mm-hmm. could be telling you, right? Exactly. 
is because what you may find, this has to do with how I am looking at my career. Mm-hmm. Someone could say, well, why didn't we just go there? Well, because <laughs> we don't want to go there. Right? I mean, because, I mean, I'm not saying that's an absolute, right, Jeff? But Because going there will uh, uncover the possibility of change, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know how people love change. Yeah. <laughs> Pastime, right? Pastime, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have to look at that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Um, it is our belief— that there's this, I mean, there's this kind of, when you think of the orchestra, right, and the different instruments that make up an orchestra, they all come together to create this wonderful sound, this composition, this score, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, if you've built in this support mechanisms around you, you, you can begin to go, you know what? This fear is really actually manifesting the fact that I'm not managing my career the way that I should. Mm-hmm. I'm operating from a perspective of that, you know, it's imminent problem. I, I've I've allowed anxiety to take over. Um, I'm not, quite frankly, I, I'm really at a place where I'm wondering, is this really what I want to be doing right now? Wow. You mean fear that part of the two-headed monster was trying to help you discover that the issue is, do I really want to be doing this right now? It could be. But here's the thing, Jeff. What if I won't face that? What if I go into react only? What are the chances of me discovering that maybe the real fundamental issue is, should I be doing this kind of work? I think the chances are really small, right? Okay, so you mentioned okay, I'm 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 feeling anxious, I'm feeling yeah. fear, I'm not sleeping. So, yeah. a reaction could be okay. I'm gonna go talk to my doctor, and they're gonna get me some anxiety medicine and some Ambien. And Jeff, can I just say, <laughs> mic drop? <laughs> and uh, because you're just you're hitting on exactly right. Um, that reaction took you down a path of. I'm going to medicate this thing. I'm going to make this go away. Is that kind of where you're yeah. going? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's... Where if you go down the other path of, okay, like you said, okay, I, I'm really looking at this. Maybe I need to make a change. Right. And you make that change, and that other path never happens. Well, and here's the thing. As you and I have talked about in previous episodes, and I know just personally, you're dealing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with panic attacks, you may still need to get the medication. This mm-hmm. is not us saying, hey, we've no, got the no. answer to get away, get around that. No, 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 no. What we're saying is take the path so you can actually know what am I actually, what is the real issue? I, I, I take a medication. If I wouldn't do the other things that I need to do, I would have to take a whole lot more medication. Right. And that I just had to get that in there because you opened that up so well, Jeff, because I'm, I'm going, this is not a case of, hey, let's keep you from having to go see the doctor. That, that is not no, what this is no. about. What we're talking about, at least 
if the pathway is to the doctor, you're in a position where you and your doctor can go, okay, we know what the issue is. But the react thing is, oh, I, I want to go to see the doctor because this I don't want to deal with this career issue. So I'm going to, I'm going to just, that's where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, hopefully audience that resonates with you as well. Now, Jeff, I want to talk a bit about the other part. And I think this one might be the one that can present us challenges around anger. Um, I mentioned to you about the executive that talks about people are just walking mm -hmm. around angry. Obviously, we, as we've talked about in this episode and we've talked about previously, how we look at emotions as not being the enemy. So we're not, uh, we're not against anger, quite frankly. Again, it, it, it's, it's there for a reason. It's very valuable yeah. if you explore it. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance when talking to this executive to be able to kind of peel back and explore, okay, why, what else has been going on and that kind of thing. He just kind of said it as a matter of fact statement. And I've been thinking about that a lot because I think the anger thing is being exhibited in multiple areas. And obviously we're in this place where I don't even think we can say post pandemic because it's just, it seems to be <laughs> now we're in this like a constant loop about it. The results of what it's producing and, um, I remember in the early days of the pandemic where we live, where we're at, uh, reaching out to our governor to, it was my plea to him, please factor in the potential residual damage that it's going to do to mental health when you're implementing these policies. And I went at it from the angle, not as I don't think that policy is right. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. It wasn't that kind of thing. It's just, please. And and I don't know if he did or not. I never got a response from him or anyone in, in his administration, so I can't know this. But there's one thing that's clear to me, whether we take the events here recently, as you are listening to this, it's probably going to be about a month ago about the shooting that happened mm. in Buffalo with the 18 year old, um, I, I, I think we talked about off there, how could it, how much can an 18 year old know about being a white nationalist is beyond me, uh, to me. And again, my opinion, opinion alert, <laughs> <laughs> there's something else behind that label of white nationalists. If we peel back that label, I think what we would find is that there's some deep, mental things going on. I'm not saying that's the pandemic. I'm not, that's not my point, but there's anger and this anger is not being explored. So Jeff, as we look at that, um, we, we used the example too, before we got on air of what produces anger in us. Um, and as we are not clinicians and we're certainly not um, PhDs in biochemistry, I think we do know this much. When anger comes, right, mm -hmm. it's going to trigger some of that adrenaline, which is going to make it really hard if we don't pause because that adrenaline is going to kick us back into that lizard brain of ours. The reaction brain. The reaction brain. And then we got perpetuated trouble again. 
So I can't stress enough that importance of the six-second pause to spend some time with that. Um, and here's the deal. I'm going to use my own life as an example. As I was driving here today for the show, I'm driving on a freeway system, and here in the United States, our freeways are pretty much designed the same just about anywhere you go, and it was I-70 West is the route that I take to get here. So I'm driving at what I would consider to be a normal speed. I think it was probably 70 miles an hour, maybe 72, something like that. Um, and there's this vehicle that I can see in my rear view, it's flying. I mean, I'm talking about speed moving and comes up right behind me because I'm in the left lane. I caught it like in that one second, two second, there he, there's, there's that car and right up on me. And it was very clear, it was communicating a message. You need to get over. <laughs> You, you're, you're, you're limiting, you're blocking, which anger, what is yes. something is blocking my way. I can tell just by that. My, my wife calls it car language. The car language was <laughs> you need to get out of this lane with some expletives bleeped out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you, you could say, well, Eric, naturally you wouldn't feel angry because you're the emotional intelligence expert. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, as we've said, all emotions have validity and they give us information. And I was angry. So you know what I did, Jeff? I accelerated out of my lane so that I could get over to the middle lane. I drive a Mini Cooper, and if those of you out there know anything about Mini Coopers, besides the fact they're awfully fun to drive, they're they're very quick on the on the front end, and it zoomed and out, and I'm into the next lane, and I was close. So I'm going, how? Who does that? Who who like speeds up just to get to your rear end? And I was close, close to saying, well, why don't? I go and see who this was so that I, and then I, it's like, slow it down, Eric. This is where the six second pause comes in. <laughs> it got me to thinking after all that six, anger subsides, you know what? That's not going to serve anything. Me finding out who they are and what they were doing or whose car is the fastest. <laughs> right. Right. So what did I do? I stayed in the middle lane. I slow it down. I put on my cruise and I'm moving with the flow, getting here for the recording. I'm not using this example to say, look how great Eric handled that situation because I've got others, trust me, where I did not make the best decision. <laughs> I did not allow the six seconds. This is not about perfection. But I can tell you, the more we practice this process, the better we're going to be able to handle. And I, quite frankly, um, stealing from my biochemist doctor friend of mine, if you don't, if I, if I didn't give that pause, there is a likelihood, a strong one. I'm going to go and see who this is. I'm going to speed up and I'm going to let them know I've got the fastest car. And now you're going to be in the other, I mean, all the different scenarios that we can say that could play out if we do not use the pause you know it's funny 
well, two things, and I think we I mentioned this before. Spirit of EQ was having a fight with Zoom this morning. Yeah. And finally I got some answers, but things had kind of went off the rail. And I was coming to this meeting, and I merged onto another freeway on the north end of town called 270. Mm-hmm. And I looked down, and I'm going 85 miles an hour in a 65-mile-an-hour zone because I was still fixated on Zoom problems. Yeah. So yeah. I did the same thing. I slowed down. I put it in cruise control yeah. and, and stayed calm. But once again, it's practice, you know, and, and sometimes it could be something silly. I used to drive 50 or 60,000 miles a year in my job. So I was on the road all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I was always in a hurry to be someplace because I had appointments and things I had to get at. And when somebody would pass me or do something like you said, I would turn it into a race to see who would win. Mm. But then the thought came to me, you know what? It's not a race if I'm not racing them. Yeah. So he can't win if I'm not racing him. Yeah. And and that has kept me out of a lot of problems. Yeah. So when we're in that place of lingering with the emotion, Jeff, hear me as I throw out this um, sort of multi-pronged approach or plan. Um, what is it that I'm feeling? I'm feeling angry. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm feeling angry about Zoom or I'm feeling angry about the person that comes up on my rear end on a freeway going 75 miles an hour or whatever. What am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling angry. Why are you angry? That one, I think, does require a little bit more lingering. Would you? Would you agree? Yeah, and... You know, you can find out what you're really angry about, and not a pat, quick answer, right? Because we can be we can be very quick to want to get to the answer. Well, I'm angry, Jeff, because he shouldn't have uh, come up on me at 75 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay, am I angry because I'm running late? Am I angry about what just happened before this? Uh, and what's interesting, you might find out. You really aren't angry at anything. You just reacted to the situation. In the moment. In the moment. There's nothing, you know, okay, I'll just get over and let him go. I don't care. Right. Now, because at the end of the day, I think that's a great point. It doesn't mean that this is always going to lead to some giant breakthrough of monumental nature. Like, you know, it's a story of epic proportions, as I exaggerate. Um, What we're saying here is... You need to explore because even mm-hmm. if it is just a momentary, it happened and uh, it's not worth the trouble, move over into the next lane, let it go. I may never encounter this person ever again in my life. It could be that simple. And yes, it can also be, well, Jeff, hey, if I'm going to be totally transparent and honest with you, um, this kind of situation happens because I kind of do the same thing sometimes because <laughs> I'm in a hurry. And um, I get angry at people who park or don't park but are leisurely in the left lane, which is a lane for speed, and I don't like it. And then when I have it happen to me, so, oh, wait a minute. It happened to me. They did what I do. (laughs) Oh. So maybe what anger is trying to tell me is to expose my 
behavior on the freeway and how, wow, you don't like it when it happens to you, but you do the same thing. You What's know, behind that? Yeah. You know, okay. We have these things here called express lanes at the grocery store. Yeah. 15 items or less. Or whatever that may be. Whatever yeah. the number would yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And, okay, there's somebody in front of me. I'm watching them put their items up on the, the <laughs> counter. Right. And, okay, it's 15 items or less, and they got 17 items. Oh, my gosh. Why are they doing that? I should— It's not right. You know, call the grocery police over here. Yeah. And, oh, why am I angry? It's going to take seven seconds longer for them to beep the two items that they have. Well, it could be, like you said, last time I did that, somebody called it on me. Mm-hmm. Or— they're breaking the rules, and I don't like it when other people break the rules, and I don't get to. Yeah, there's just so many things that get wrapped up in this. Yeah, because uh, you know, to 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 the point, and fear and anger have this in common, um, and they're not the only emotions that are. But as human beings, and we go about living our lives, we can find ourselves where we are. We build these neural pathways. Mm-hmm talked about it many times and it becomes this is what we do and i'll never forget hearing a talk um it was a video that uh josh friedman um and he was talking about how kind of how our brain works and he said something i I never forget this our brains can make us really good at even the things we don't like Mm -hmm. and i I say this to say that, Jeff, maybe your expertise and your knowledge around emotions and emotional intelligence might keep you out of that loop that is just perpetuated on and on and on. It keeps going around and around, neural pathway, just months turn into years and all of a sudden, right? But for those of you out there who maybe say, well, yeah, I am angry all the time. Um, there really is nothing quite like just stop, just be still, you know, just get al- the perspective. They've already taken the first step. They've identified that they're angry. Yes. That's a very great, I mean, that's a great point. Um, and, and I know that, you know, as we do debriefs with individuals who've taken the assessments that we use, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I applaud people who are able to say, yeah, I see where that's at. That has to do with this situation and where I've been working on. And I go, I just have to applaud you for that mm-hmm. because that is, you're right, Jeff. It is that first step. I am angry. I am afraid. And, you know, oftentimes it's because of this. And that, I don't like it. Right. Which can be an even better motivator and catalyst mm-hmm. to change and to navigating through that. Um, so, as we kind of come to the close here, um, I I didn't want to single out today fear and anger as if those are problem children and this is the because there's a lot going on. There could be other emotions that are attached to today's world we live in. But I wanted to bring it out because uh, another reason I wanted to bring it out is because of its prevalence. And I do believe and everybody's going to have to make their own decision as to how important or how big of an issue it is in their life. 
But it seems to me when I look at the aggregate or the meta of, of where we live and where we are in this mm-hmm. world, if we could get better at managing the emotion of anger and managing the emotion of fear, we might find that individually our lives see some improvement. And then I think as many things in life, we will see a ripple effect because one less angry person on the road, pulling up behind somebody in the left lane, going 75 miles an hour, one less person at the grocery store who's aggravated by the fact that you had 16 items and the lane says only 15. Wow, what could the experience be on the road and in the grocery store? Those are just two places. We did not spend time today speaking in depth about the workplace, the Zoom meeting, fill in the blank. (laughs) You are where you're at. Right? So my motivation, my thought around doing this episode today was about, well, maybe if we tackle these two, Maybe that's an area that is predominant in our culture right now, and it could be a place for improvement. It could be a place that, so I guess what I'm getting to, Jeff, is that by being better at managing anger and better at managing fear, we create the breakthroughs that we want in our own lives individually, and then, like I said, we we get a ripple effect that creates because some of this change, Jeff, I don't know about you, most of it didn't come knocking on my door asking if I'm good with it. <laughs> no. You know, and I, I think it's important to remember what Eric just said. We're not asking you to ignore anger and fear, but remember that they are giving you information. And like mm-hmm. like he started off, they are your friends. Yeah, if, they were designed to be our friends, our allies. If you're using them and exploring them, yeah. not stuff them down or not ignore them, that's not good for you. Yeah. It's not good for any of us, yeah. but actually explore them. That's yeah. what I want to make sure that you know you heard that in what Eric said. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, we appreciate you tuning in as always, and uh, we look forward to the next time that we're together. Take Thanks care. for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us so to we're, hear. So we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you.
Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.